Welcome to the Language Games Podcast. My name is John Kaus, and today is part one of our Defending Young Earth Creation series. My preferred title for this series is The Plainness of Young Earth Creation, a Wittgensteinian defense. But since that would create quite a long hashtag, I'm electing to use Defending Young Earth Creation as shorthand. The goal of this series is to show that young earth creation is plainly taught in the Bible. To do this, we will utilize much of what we learned in the previous series on Wittgenstein's language games, though the references to Wittgenstein will be more subtle. We start then with what it means for a proposition to be plainly taught in the Bible. By plainly taught, I mean a doctrine P is plain if and only if the Bible's use of language is undermined from denying that the Bible teaches P. Put another way, a doctrine is plainly taught in the Bible if and only if one's denial of this plainness makes the Bible meaningless. For example, Jesus is the Son of God. Does the Bible teach this proposition? Yes. This proposition is so clearly taught in Scripture that to deny it, to deny that the Bible teaches it, undermines the Bible's meaning. It is so absurd that to be consistent with this denial, we would have to give up language altogether. Is it sensible to say that the Lord of the Rings does not teach that Frodo is a hobbit? How would you respond to someone who took this position? You'd probably look at him oddly, waiting for the joke to land. When you realize that he's being serious, you would likely just chuckle and walk away. Or maybe you would ask if he is a philosopher, but you cannot move forward with this person. Now, some will respond by questioning my ability in the original languages. Do you know Hebrew? Do you know Greek? Well, plainness exists in the original. So how can you be certain from a translation? This is quite popular with theologians who acquire a little knowledge of Hebrew or Greek. They academically flex by quoting a few Greek words and translating them for you. Look, I can translate some Greek words, so that means you need to believe everything I say on this passage. I know Greek, but you do not. I am an authority, you are not. They may even put the entire passage on the screen and then translate verse by verse, as if this gives them some kind of precision that does not exist in the translations. But we must push back on this. Take any passage in the Bible as translated in the five most popular translations. These translations cover the range of freedom that translators have in a translation. Some translations are more woodenly translated, say woodenly literal. Some are looser, and some are in the middle. But taken together, they present a powerful epistemological tool for, dis for discerning what a passage means. What is more tr trustworthy in how a passage should be translated? These five translations taken together or some biblical scholar? Obviously, the translations. Pick the best biblical scholar in the world. He is a baby compared to these translations. If a Bible scholar tells us that a passage of the Bible should be translated in, in a way not supported by these translations, then I am required rationally to say that he is wrong. Now, if the translations do not agree on a passage, which happens but is quite rare, then sure, going to the original languages has some value. But even here, we should tread lightly. Are we going to succeed where these men could not? Maybe. It's possible, but that would be quite an achievement. I bring this up because old earthers and theistic evolutionists will over and over again appeal to looking at Genesis 1 in the Hebrew to get the true meaning. They cannot make their case from any reputable English translation, so they hide behind this smokescreen of the original languages. I am not playing this game. 
I am not interested in talking about what the Hebrew or Greek means for, this pa- for the passages that we discuss. Why? Because these five translations all agree, without exception, in rendering the plainness of young earth creation. The Bible clearly teaches the main tenets of a young earth, and that settles the matter. The process to do this is fairly straightforward. We grab our translations, and then we work through the doctrines. So start with doctrine one. And if all five translations teach doctrine one plainly, then doctrine one is plain. So D1 is plain. And then we just move through and move on to D2. And then D3, D4, D5, D6, D7. And if all of them are plainly taught by all five translations, we're done. We can then say the Bible plainly teaches a young earth, thus rendering all non-young earth positions as biblically nonsensical. That's it for today. For more content like this, you can find us on Twitter at underscore language games. See you next time.